Beat on Audio, the podcast for writers and all who are interested in books, literature and the printed word. Write on Audio is the weekly companion podcast of Write On Magazine and the Write On suite of publications from pen to print. Subscribe by searching pen to print in your favourite podcast app to have new editions delivered to you each week. Write on Audio Interviews, inspiring you to write by sharing the experience of prominent authors. On Write on Audio today, we have an interview with Palak Tavari. Palak Tavari is a management and finance professional who combines her business life with a second career as an avid and skilled writer. As a regular contributor to Write On, she is a popular and valued member of the pen to print team. In our interview, Palak discusses her recent nomination as one of the top 50 women in accounting and her creative work as a poet and writer. The interviewer is Write On deputy editor Claire Buss, who spoke to Palak alongside Write On editor Madeline White. Let's start with the exciting news that we had for you um, with your or with your day job news, being shortlisted for this award. Tell, tell us about that. How did that come about? So I have actually till date no idea who nominated me. <laughs> Excellent. It came along as a surprise. I got an email one day and I was like, I asked around my team and people around me saying who nominated me. No one volunteered to say I did. Uh-huh. But then they asked me a series of questions and so forth. And I'm like, I looked at their website and so forth. I thought it was genuine. So I was like, okay, what's um, someone's gone to the trouble to nominate me. I might as well take the trouble to answer the questions. So I did. And I was really chuffed to be shortlisted because there are so many people who get nominated and then to get into a shortlist as well is was pretty uh, humbling, actually. That is so out of the left field, isn't it? So, And you still it don't is. know who it was? I still don't know who it was. Oh. And, well, you guys are the first to hear about it. I haven't even told my family yet. <laughs> today itself, I got an email to say that I've been nominated for top 50 women in uh, accounting by Ignition, wow. which is, again, I have no idea who nominated me. But, uh, you know, it was like just out of the blue today morning. We're obviously doing all the right things. <laughs> I think it's so nice to get that recognition because, you know, you go to work Monday to Friday and sometimes it does feel a bit like you're just a very small cog. Um, and to know that there is that recognition out there, it's really, really nice. Yeah, it was extremely humbling and uh, very powerful as well because, you know, you don't realise that, okay, you do your day-to-day job, but when somebody from the outer or the industry actually says that, you know what, you're doing a good job, it just makes um, a huge difference. That really translates over to the creative world as well because obviously as a as a poet, as a, as a creative, you are... Mm. Even though most of us say we hate knowing what other people think of our work, we do look for that validation. And rejection hits really hard as a writer. Has it made a difference? I mean, I know you said that it was a a great feeling and it was nice to have that recognition, but... Actually, it just makes you want to do better and want to do more. Because I think in my entire career, what I have always tried to achieve is to do a little bit more than what is expected to go you know, beyond what is expected and not just hit, you know, your targets and so forth, Uh, trying to see what else can change and so forth. So this gives you motivation to actually uh, continue doing that and 
trying to make a difference and now trying to pull up the other women, especially around me, to a leadership level. Hmm. So I think that has become more of my focus as opposed to just general accounting. It's so interesting because that is so similar to, I have found, the writing community. There is this real desire from writers to pull their peers up with them and to encourage other people and to take them with them on their journey and, and to share that knowledge. And I just think that's just so nice. It is. I don't know very much about accounting. I don't earn enough book money to have like an accountant. Um, so I just like in brief, could you give us a, like an idea of what your your job's like what the sort of things you do sure it's uh, it's extremely varied to be honest but in generic we give a sort of accountancy bookkeeping tax those kind of advice compliance and advice both so it would be say a typical it could be a sole trader a partnership or a company who's looking to get their accounts filed who's looking to get their taxes done so we would be uh, looking after the company, making sure their books are all right, what they can claim is claimed, um, you know, calculating their taxes correctly, getting them and make sure that they pay that to the HMRC. On the advisory side, we get a lot, uh, we get asked a lot on how to mitigate tax. I mean, that's one of the top questions everyone wants to know. And mm-hmm. also about a lot about inheritance taxes come in now um, in terms of tax planning, because a lot of people have, two companies or their day job and then they earn the money they want to know how to invest the money and you know uh, make the most out of whatever their savings Mm -hmm. are and so forth so your property companies and stuff like that so just tax planning to group structures and things like that so it's very technical oriented role as well as uh, my individual role I also look after sort of the projects within the firm if we're transferring, um, like, uh, say, technology, looking at HR systems, looking at marketing, handling social media pages, that kind of thing. So I try and bring in a little bit of creativity to my day-to-day job as well, because I think I'm I'm a mixture of half and half. I'm very logical, but I'm very creative as well. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I, I get if that. I only had the logical part, I think I would get really bored. So I think I try and bring a little bit of creativity into my day-to-day job as well. Did you always want to be an accountant? Did you always want to work? No, actually, when I was doing A-levels, the only two choices were you go into the science stream or you take accounts, economics and maths in A-level. And those were the only two choices. And I hated sciences. You know, my mom wanted to be a a doctor. I was like, (laughs) my God, I can't stand inside of blood. So I dropped sciences as soon as I could. So my only option was being in accounting, economics, or maths. And when you right. look at careers within that, you could either be an economist or an actual scientist, or you could just be um, a mathematician uh, or accountancy. And I think accountancy was a very popular field when I was studying, so I ended up being there. Well, I, my I might have gone for a creative field if I had a chance now. If you'd had the chance, yeah. That seems very restrictive to not have had that option at A-level. I'm, I'm so sorry <laughs> you didn't have that. Yeah. You don't regret it? I don't no. regret it. I do like accountancy. I love numbers. Okay. So I do feel like I may actually, as I always say, my sister, she's a doctor. So, um, you know, I, you save lives, but I save livelihoods, which is also important. 
did your creative side exist at that point when you were doing your A-levels? I was did. That- Literature was one of my favorite subjects in school. I did poetry for a very, very long time as like as a child as well. Um, but it was very ad hoc, sporadic. And um, I think I have my had my blog since 2003. Um, okay. But again, it was very sort of like when I felt like it, I would do a poem or, you know, do a small prose or article or whatever. But then over COVID, actually the last two, three years now, it's been a bit more, a bigger part of my life now. Uh, I think COVID gave me that gift, I would say, because we were just housebound. I had nothing to do and I could spend this time doing that, doing courses learning more about it, finding platforms like pen to print where I could actually showcase my writing, I think that had a bigger impact on my writing. In a way, COVID actually helped so many people who had that creativity, but just didn't really know how to unlock it. How to say, yes, it's okay, I can be creative and I can be this other very serious thing as well. Would you say then that you've kind of been quite an organic poetry writer in the sense of feeling what works for you and sort of writing the poetry and then possibly then learning a bit more about it yeah I think poetry for some reason it's a form that has always drawn me and uh, as a child as well I was always scribbling away poetry and I think as basics you know I was always doing the rhymings you know either a a b b and whatnot at that point I didn't realize technically what it's called or you know how what different forms are. I was just doing it instinctively mm-hmm. and then later I found out a bit more about it and went into the forms and the different types and started learning a bit more about it so that you know I could refine my writing did you find that when you learned that sort of thing that did you find it restrictive or did you actually, did you find it more helpful? Very helpful, actually. I, I loved trying to look at a form and then challenging myself to actually fit in my ideas into that form. I really, um, I enjoyed doing that. The difference between obviously being poet and handling numbers, that's a quite a big difference. I mean, obviously you've said that you feel you are 50% numbers, 50%, 50% logic, 50% creativity. But yeah. do you think that possibly this is a bit of a weird question you wouldn't be as creative if you weren't an accountant do you know what I mean do you feel like you have the desire to get that balance yeah I guess so because I sort of you know feed my logical part with my day-to-day job it's like poetry then allows me to feed my creative part um, and allow me to just unleash whatever feelings I have or you know uh, poetry or writing prose or stories and so forth as well it's just it's that platform that I get to release both elements of my personality I feel and has it always been poetry it is probably something that you're stumbled with poetry and prose a lot and then um, stories short stories came into being um then I think I've started off a novel, but it's not gotten anywhere. Uh, but one thing that I have been working on over the past year is sort of um, an, a business book, like a not um, like okay. a motivational book. Yeah. So uh, because what I do at work in terms of you know coaching and mentoring people and so forth, and the way I was brought up, I feel education is such a big part that I feel that reading, you know, so in my own little way, I want to actually 
contribute to education, but in a motivational space. Mm. That's what I've started working on as well. Oh, brilliant. I combine both worlds. Could I could I chip in? I just find you know, you keep on coming back to educating and mentoring and women lifting women up and you know I, I've obviously I've been in the women's empowerment space for a long time and this is something that I hear so often um I mean do you think for for especially around women's history month Palak that the contributions that are made by women in terms of supporting other women do you think are are there, are there any particular tips is there anything particularly special that you've learned in terms of education and mentoring because as Claire's pointed out it obviously crosses over in terms of your experience around writing and lifting other writers up which you do so beautifully with your multi with your multimedia work and and you're inspiring and you're inspiring writing because a lot of that is about uplifting so that kind of you know that that kind of dynamic another contra- a contradiction or complementary almost the kind of women's empowerment and and women's women women lifting up women um how how do you see that and how do you do you think that is contradictory in terms of how men behave as well oh that's an interesting one so I think it's a very, uh, I fell into mentoring once I've completed my MBA and there was an opportunity with Sherry Blair Foundation um, for women in business to mentor other women in business um, to like, and but these women in business were in, um, you know, the low income countries, basically. So they didn't have all the opportunities, but they were still trying to run a business. So in that aspect, I think it was such a powerful opportunity to understand somebody else's world and to mentor them on their journey as well. And But it, mentoring, I feel, is not just a one-way street. You're not just teaching or imparting your knowledge. You learn, end up learning so much as well. In terms of contrasting it with what how men behave, I think in my cohort as mentors, we did have men as well who were mentoring women. So there was that change which some organizations are bringing now in terms of trying to uplift women and their journeys. And especially in these countries where, you know, um, Lebanon, I think, was one, Pakistan was one, India was the other, where, um, you know, I have mentored people. And they don't have as many opportunities or they have restrictions and so forth. But there was this... um, I think movement trying to make sure that they they got at least some uh, chance at a su- at success. So I think there are places which restrict women from working, or you know, I mean, the statistics say it all. You know, that's a big contradiction. Though on one side you're trying so hard to make sure everyone gets that same opportunities. On the other side, statistics show that we're not there yet. There's still a long way to go. Yeah, I think that is the biggest contradiction I find, that though everyone seems to be talking about this and trying to do something about it, there is still you know, a long way that we're so far off, and I don't understand why. Is there anything specifically about poetry that... I know you said you're called to it, but is it is it the words? Is it the I like I like the musicality of poetry. Mm-hmm. Is it is what is there a particular aspect that you find? I think poetry the most that can it's it says such deep things very simply, 
And instead of going into a long, like an essay or something, trying to explain something, poetry does it very, very simply in a very, um, as you said, musical way. And I really like that aspect about poetry. See, my husband says it's not poetry if it doesn't rhyme. And I just, I just, I try to educate him. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. one day we'll get there, bless him. Do you find there's a particular uh, subject or um, time of year or um, feeling that inspires you the most? So motivation is one big aspect, which I'm trying to, I think most of my poetry have an element of that, um, I feel, that and sort of calling out, um, you know, like uh, messages of peace, I would say, probably that there is an underlying theme going on around that. Um, yeah, and I think nature inspires me a lot. Possibly hope as well with the sort of motivational aspect of things you're naturally that kind of poet whereas some of us aren't more of a doom and gloom kind of poet (laughs) yeah no I I have a a a feeling of hope mostly yeah okay I'm going to bounce around a little bit now so what would you say would be your top tips for anybody that's looking to get into poetry so any top tips hey just put down what your thoughts are I know there are forms and so forth but it can be any form as well it could be free verse poetry as well just put down your thoughts in the best way that makes sense to you and put it out there you can learn the technicalities later as well it's just trying to make sure that you capture the essence of what you're trying to say yeah and I think sometimes for new poets trying the, to get so caught up in the technicalities that you yeah they can't lose, lose, lose the thought, basically yes yeah do you have um any particular poets that you enjoy reading I think it's the old ones you know William Wordsworth or um Edgar Allan Poe I think those would be my favorites I read a lot of Indian poets as well so in Hindi so, you know, Harshvan Vardhan Rai or uh, Rabindranath Tagore. It strikes me that um, it's a, that's a very um, musical language as well. So, um, yeah, I uh, think very pretty language, very beautiful. Yeah. This is on my blog as well. It was in a film in Hindi and uh, I'm going to read the Hindi poem out and then on the blog as well there is the English translation but not exactly the words it's the spirits of the um, of the poem and the English one the just the meaning of the poem it's about why do you want to run in the city's rat race Um, you know if uh, there are train delays why have you forgotten like what it's like to feel the raindrops and things like that basically so it talks about not losing the little moments in life uh, when you're just trying to rush from one place to the other and to stop and actually smell the flowers Um, so that's what this um, poem is about and uh, it's called and it's from the movie Lage Raho Munna Bhai शहर की दौड़ में दौड़कर करना क्या है अगर यही जीना है दोस्तों तो फिर मरना क्या है पहली बारिश में ट्रेन लेट होने की फिकर है भूल गए भीगते हुए टहलना क्या है सीरियल पे किरदारों का सारा हाल है मालूम पर मां का हाल पूछने की फुर्सत कहां है 
आप रेत पे नंगे पाओ टहलते क्यों नहीं 108 है चैनल्स पर दिल बहलते क्यों नहीं इंटरनेट पे दुनिया से टच में है लेकिन पड़ोस में कौन रहता है जानते तक नहीं मोबाइल लैंडलाइन सबकी भरमार है लेकिन जिगरी दोस्त तक पहुंचे ऐसे तार कहाँ हैं कब डूबते हुए सूरज को देखा था याद है कब जाना था शाम का गुजरना क्या है तो दोस्तों शहर की दौड़ में दौड़कर करना क्या है अगर यही जीना है तो फिर मरना क्या है Do you have a preference in style? I know you said that um you sort of came to the technicalities later on but is there any particular poetic style that you are a fan? Because the way I started very instinctively and you know as a child the rhyming poetry I think will always be my firm favorite. <laughs> so it be it you know the AA <laughs> BAPA style but it'll always be a firm favorite. I am um, I had never realized that Uh, poetry could be prose. Hmm. I'd never really come across that before and I think it was when we interviewed Jennifer for Write On magazine and she sent me her book of poetry and and there was there was stories in there and it, to me that I was I was that that's a story that's not poetry and I found that I thought that was really it blew my mind a little bit and I was like you mean you can write poetry like this I had no idea. <laughs> if you if someone came up to you um and said oh i desperately want to find out more about poetry where should i go what would you recommend pen to print pen to print good answer excellent i think it's a fabulous platform to be honest and i don't think i find anything better uh not only you get an opportunity to learn but you also get an opportunity to showcase your work which is really really great and it's so inclusive as well i think yes. which is is definitely unique You say you mentioned that you sort of stumbled across us in lockdown was that just happy accident It was a happy accident actually it was one evening I was trying to see where where what could I do you know I wanted to submit some poetry out there and put it out there and uh, um I came across the website and I was like oh this looks interesting I sent across an email and Madeline replied saying yeah of course you can submit and I was like oh is it that easy great <laughs> <laughs> and then I became part and what does what has that meant like what how has that enriched your creative journey i think it's allowed me new experiences because i was always a writer or poet i didn't edit as much uh, even my own work so i think when i got chance to become a showcase editor or um, you know or even read fest actually that's been a huge opportunity for me um you know to allow my creativity different directions as well or um like the uh, I, i always knew i love videos and i've always done it for myself a few aspects but when i got to do the christmas videos so i think it allowed me different directions to take my creativity which was really great actually that leads nicely into my next question which is about the digital recording of your poetry because i know i've seen your youtube channel and um, you have quite a lot of lovely videos on there as well how did you get sort of into that did you see somebody else doing it or was it sort of playing so, around i think video is another form and i do like technology uh, i do look at it quite a lot for work like work aspects as well So uh, it was just another sort of avenue for me to put my stuff out there and I felt it just went hand in hand with writing um this was just speaking so images video editing and so forth it's all self-learned 
but I like sort of researching of what I can do and how to put it together. And it's also a, a different creative medium to put the same thing out there. You came second in the print-to-print poetry competition. What, what, what year was that? I forgot to write down the year. Just to remind me to put that. And I think it was 2021. 20, but um, I think 2020 was where I was doing my courses and so forth. In 2021, okay. I feel I came into actually writing a bit more powerful pieces. Yeah. Were those the, were those courses the pen to print ones? Did you do Anna's? Mainly Anna the pen to print ones, yeah. Yeah. There are a couple of like other ones, uh, like Society of Author ones or something like that. Yeah. But mainly pen to print ones. So how did you feel about um, entering the competition? And uh, um, it's the same, similar thing where you enter and you get shortlisted. It was the then... first, well, maybe the second time actually I ever won anything. I was really, really chuffed <laughs> because otherwise as a writer, you're used to rejections and that's what I've received mostly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I was very, very chuffed to actually enter and get second place. I really like that piece as well. So I was really happy that it got it. Do you think it made you um, feel more confident? It's the wrong word because I feel that you're quite confident about sharing your work as it is, but more sort of, I'm going to try this competition. I'm going to try this competition. Did you, did you get that feeling or did you think, oh, all right, I've done competitions now. I'm good. Yeah. What Actually, this was a new form that I had tried. So what it allowed me to do was explore different kind of poetry because this form was one I had not done before. So it was the first time I had tried it and I was like, okay, let's see what comes out because it's not the normal, uh, you know, my rhyming poetry. It was actually more like a, a prose poetry or okay. verse poetry. It allowed me to sort of explore different dimensions as well. So technicality as well, I mean, technically as well, I went uh, a bit beyond what I actually knew. So I think that's what it allowed me to do, like be a bit more exploratory in my work. And have you carried that on with your writing since then? I have uh, done a few more pieces like that. Uh, I think autumn last year, a couple will be in part of my book that I'm trying to hope to release this year. Over the course of the winter, I have not written much. So I want to get back into it now again. I think it's a natural ebb and flow. I'm, I'm a very strong believer in that. Absolutely. What do you do when the inspiration is not flowing? What What's your sort of process? Yeah, it's it's different, I think. It's not a sort of one set process. I just try to do different things. I do a lot of solo stuff. So go on a solo trip somewhere or try and sit, you know, with nature because nature inspires me quite a lot to try and look for water. Yeah. Body somewhere. Um, to just sit quietly and try and write. Sometimes it's just watching or reading a lot. That just gives you inspiration of what's happening in the world, even if it's news or a novel. And, you know, you're reading a novel, one word triggers you and you're suddenly thinking of a poetry in a completely different direction. Yeah, no, absolutely. So, yeah. I agree with that. I try various different things if I'm not able to write. And do you ever free write? I do. Uh, I've gone on a few classes which had gone into free write and my sister gave me this uh, you know, game, I think, where you have to just sit and you've got a time-bound thing and you have this ah. uh, circle which takes you to a different topic and you've got to write about it. Okay. So I try that once in a while as well. So, yeah, that helps. I would say they say that um, if you're stuck, writing anything is the way to go. So 
their free writing will often tell you what you're stuck about. Mm, um, I find that that works for me in the sense of it tells me what the problem is but it doesn't necessarily tell me how to get over the problem and so the writer's book is still there um, so you mentioned um things that we've got coming up things that we can look forward to from palak you mentioned the non-fiction business motivational book so is that, that work in progress at the moment that is not completely written um so that i'm still working on this year i hope end of this year or early next year I should be able to release that do you have a working title or so there were two that I've been working on one is called motivation which is like mixture of motivation and passion okay so yeah I may go with that but one was called motivation mantras and one was called motivation mine so I don't know which one to choose they're all gonna have motivation in the title Somewhere, yeah, because that's the main theme about that book. Excellent. And then yeah. you mentioned the poetry book that you're possibly putting together. That one is called Depiction. And D- depiction. Depiction, yeah. It's um, sort of on everyday life, but with a hopeful slant. So all the poetry is like very positive. Um, about 25, 30 poems in there. So it's my first sort of launch onto Amazon. And are you going to go ebook only, or have you not thought about that? No, I will go both ebook and uh, physical book. Thank you to Palak Davari for being our guest on Write on Audio today, and to our interviewer Claire Bass. You can find out more about Palak by visiting her website at palakdavari.com. Join us next week for another interview, this time with writer and academic. Lisa McKenzie of the Working Class Collective. We're always delighted to read your contributions. So if you'd like to see your words in Write On or hear them on this podcast, please get in touch. We'll share this link and all others mentioned in today's podcast as part of our show notes. I've been Tiffany Clare and you've been listening to Write On Audio. Write On Audio is produced by Chris Gregory and it's an alternative stories production for pen to print. This podcast is supported using public funding by Arts Council England.